Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Ratter and my friend, I've been waiting for you. And today we're going to dive into James chapter three, where we're beginning a brand new series that is called Taming the Tongue and Discerning the Real Source of Revelations. Every day this week is going to be wonderful in the word of God. Please join me every day. But the subtitle says, Practical Help for Controlling Your Mouth. Do you need help to control your mouth? The rest of the subtitle says, and sensibly discerning right and wrong revelations. Today we hear so many new teachings and revelations. How do you know what is right and what is wrong? How can you sensibly discern what is right and a wrong revelation. All of that is going to be in the programs this week. And this series is so wonderful. It's five parts. It comes in multiple formats. And I want you to order yours now by going online or by giving us a call. And remember that it comes with a study guide. This is so powerful together. We need to know how to control our mouth and we need to know how to discern right and wrong revelation. And this week, we're also offering you two books. One is called Testing the Supernatural, How to Biblically Test Dreams, Visions, and Revelations and Spiritual Manifestations. And we're also offering you my book, which is called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy, Developing Discernment for These Last Days. And you know, just before I began filming the program today, I was flipping through this book. My friend, this is an amazing book. It is amazing. And I wrote it. But you know, sometimes I write books so fast that I kind of forget what I wrote. But when I went back and looked at what is in this book, this book is just a treasure trove that will help you develop discernment for these last days and how to keep your head on straight in a world that seems to be going crazy. So please order yours today. And again, you can order all of these things by going online or by giving us a call. And remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you two books as our way of saying, welcome to our partner family. We're going to send you my book, Life in the Combat Zone, and Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. We always give these two books to anyone who becomes a part of our partner family. And remember that if you need prayer, we want to hear from you, and we are ready to pray for you right now. Give us a call or send us your email, and the moment we hear from you, we're going to release our faith for God to do something tremendous in your life. He really will. But we want to hear from you so we'll know how to intelligently pray with you and put our faith to work with yours. But I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. My friend, I cannot begin to tell you how much I love the Word of God. And what we're going to see today in James chapter 3 and verse 1 is simply tremendous. So reach for your Bible and reach for a pen and a piece of paper because today I believe you're going to want to take notes. But open your Bible to James chapter 3 and verse 1 where James writes and he says, My brethren. There he says it again, that word brethren. In the book of James, he repeats this word brethren again and again and again. Why? I'll tell you why in just a moment. But he says, my brethren, be not many masters. The word not is very categorical. It's very emphatic. He's soundly saying, be not many masters. 
The word masters is also the word for teachers. I'll show you this in just a moment. But he says, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we, that is, we who claim to be masters or teachers, shall receive the greater condemnation. But let's go back to that word brethren just for a moment. In Greek, it is the word adelphos. That's the masculine version of the word. The female version is adelphe. So you have adelphos, you have adelphe, but the word adelphos comes from the word delphos, which describes the womb of a woman. But when you put an A on the front, it is one born out of the womb. So when you call someone else your brother or your sister, you're saying you and me were born out of the same womb. It's a very endearing term used to describe those who are members of one family. And James uses this word to describe his readers because they were all born out of the womb of God. You and me, we're born out of the same womb. We're born of God. Therefore, we are brethren. Isn't that powerful? And James uses this word adelphos, translated brethren, over and over and over. But he uses it for another reason. Because in a military sense, it was used to describe comrades in the fight. And it was first popularized in that way by Alexander the Great, who was believed to be the greatest soldier that had ever lived. And in fact, every Greek soldier wanted some kind of affiliation with Alexander the Great. So from time to time, he would have a huge ceremony, would stand on a stage, and one by one, he would call the names of soldiers that had been on the front lines, they'd been in the trenches, they'd really slugged it out and given it their very best, and one by one, he would call them on stage. And when they stood next to him, he would wrap his arm around them, and with his other arm, he would wave at all the adoring soldiers and would say, let all the empire know that Alexander the Great, and he would give that soldier a hug, is proud to be the brother of this soldier. And that is when the word adelphos, the word brethren, came to be used in a very popular way, and it carried the idea of camaraderie or two soldiers in the same fight. And this is so very important because James knew how this word was used. And he was speaking to readers who were struggling in their faith. These readers were really going through very difficult times. But rather than condemn them for struggling, he gets right down in the trenches. Here he is, James, the half-brother of Jesus. Everyone knows him. And every time he calls them brethren, it's like he's wrapping his arms around them and is declaring, hey, you may be still slugging it out. You may be still struggling, but you're putting one foot in front of the next and you're still in the fight. And therefore, I want you and everybody else to know. Now it's like he gives them a hug and says, I'm proud to be your brother, your comrade. That's what this word, adelphos, the word brethren means. And my friends, I want to tell you, you need to be proud of anybody who's still in the fight. Maybe they've not won every battle yet, but if they're still in the fight, they deserve your arm around them, give them a big hug spiritually and say, I'm so proud of you to be associated with somebody who stays in there and keeps slugging it out day by day. You really are my brother. That's what this word brethren means. But then he continues and he says, my brethren, be not many masters. The word many in Greek is the word poloi. 
It means numerous masters. You could translate it a substantial number of masters. But what does the word masters mean? The word masters is the Greek word didaskalos, which normally would be translated as the word teacher here. It's translated as the word master because it is a masterful teacher. For example, in the Gospels, whenever the disciples called Jesus master in Greek, it is this word, it is the word didaskalos, and it carries the idea that Jesus was one that had a masterful grip on the word of God. He wasn't just a teacher, he was a masterful teacher. It depicts a teacher. It is intended to give the idea of one who is a fabulous, masterful teacher. It is the Greek equivalent for the Hebrew word rabbi. And in a secular sense, it was even used to describe a theatrical, dramatic teacher who learned every line, who learned every movement in something that was to be carried out on the stage. And here it carries the idea of a teacher, a masterful teacher, a rabbi who knows every line. He's memorized every movement. He can dramatically tell the story. He is not just a teacher. He is a masterful, masterful teacher. That's what this word master means in this verse. And James says, my brethren, be not many masters. Don't go about claiming to be something if you really are not that. Be not many masters. And he says, knowing that we who claim to be such masterful teachers shall receive the greater condemnation. Then, just like today, everybody wanted to be a Bible teacher. And James says, hold on, hold on, hold on. Be careful what you claim. And we find this was also a problem in the city of Ephesus where Timothy was the presiding pastor. And when you come to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, the Apostle Paul addresses this issue of people wanting to be something they really were not. And listen to what he says in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Describing these people who really want to be teachers, he says, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. And in this verse, in one sense, he's scolding them for trying to be what they are not. And in another sense, he compliments them because he begins with the word desiring. The word desiring is a form of the Greek word thelo. And in this particular case, it means to long for, but the tense depicts an earnest, ongoing, perpetual desire. They're really longing to be, they're desiring to be teachers of the law. The desire is good. But they weren't ready for this position yet. In fact, the phrase teachers of the law, listen to this, the Greek word nomo didaskalos. Ay, ay, ay. It's a compound word. This word only appears three times in the entire New Testament. But it's a compound of two words, the word nomos and the word didaskalos. The word nomos depicts rules, principles or the unchanging and unbending rule of faith, and it is where we get the word law. The word nomos usually is translated law. The word didaskalos, here we saw in James chapter 3 verse 1, is translated as masters or a masterful teacher. But when you compound nomos and didaskalos together, compounded, it describes a scripture lawyer, a scripture lawyer. One who claims to have a masterful grip on the Word of God, and therefore he is authorized to teach it like a scripture lawyer. Well, apparently in the city of Ephesus, there were unqualified people claiming to be qualified. 
They were acting like they were scripture lawyers, boasting that they had a grasp on the scriptures that they really did not have. And in fact, he goes on to say, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. And I want to give you an example from the early years in the Soviet Union where I lived, the former Soviet Union. There was a very well-known pastor here. And one time he said, well, everybody claims that this is the Joshua generation. Well, that's a pretty good thing to claim. But he says, I have a new declaration to make. We're not the Joshua generation. God is calling us to be, are you ready for this? The Nimrod generation. When I heard that, I was stunned. The Nimrod generation. And the reason he said that is because in Genesis 10, verse 8 and 9, different translations say that Nimrod was a mighty one in the earth, a mighty warrior, a mighty hunter. And he really laid emphasis on that word mighty. We're to be the Nimrod generation. We're to be mighty in the earth. But Nimrod was mighty but the Hebrew word really means he was monstrous. He was terrible. He was an abomination in the sight of the Lord. Here was somebody claiming to have a masterful grip on a truth when in fact he didn't even have a clue what he was talking about. And in the end, he made a fool of himself. That is an example of what I'm saying. And the Apostle Paul says, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm, and the word understanding, the Greek word noentes, it's a form of the Greek word nous. The word nous is the word for the mind. But here it refers to the ability to think, to reason, to understand, or to comprehend, which means they don't really reason correctly. They haven't really thought it through. They cannot comprehend neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. And when he says what they say, the Greek word legosin, and the tense that is used means what they're repeatedly saying over and over and over and over. So they're repeating incorrect teaching again and again and again. And in fact, he says what they affirm. And the word affirm is a Greek word which means to continuously assert as a fact. To continually try to establish the same thing again and again and again. To continuously affirm with confidence. They're speaking with such authority but they're not right in what they're saying. Now, Paul is not questioning their desire or their motive. He says they fellow, they have a desire, a real longing to be a scripture lawyer, but they're not ready for it yet. They're standing in a position that they're not qualified to stand in. They don't understand what they say. They don't understand what they're trying to put forward and affirm. Wow, they really had desire, but they were not ready for the task. This is the very reason why for many, many years, I would not address the subject of end times. I just avoided it. I could teach on many, many subjects, but I felt I did not really have a grasp on what the Bible taught about many things connected to the end of the age. And people would write to me and they would ask me questions about the rapture and the tribulation and the end of the age. And I would just say to people, you know, I don't deal with that subject. It's not that I didn't have the mental ability to think. I just felt like I hadn't really pulled it all together yet, and I wasn't qualified to address that subject. You know, the word understanding that is used in the New Testament is the Greek word sunesis. And it really describes a putting together of all of the pieces. I say that understanding is like a jigsaw puzzle. Some people have one piece of the puzzle and they try to build an entire doctrine on one little piece and they make mistakes.
because they don't know how that little piece fits with all the other pieces. Understanding comes when you're able to put all the pieces together and see the full picture. And many times people make tragic doctrinal mistakes because they're building everything they say on one little piece and as a result, they make a fatal flaw in what they're teaching. But often they handle it as if they're a scripture lawyer saying what they believe, trying to affirm it and establish it when in fact it doesn't really make sense at all if you try to connect it to the rest of scripture. And the Apostle Paul says in James chapter 3 and verse 1, My brethren... Be not many masterful teachers knowing. And the word knowing is a form of the Greek word oida, which means understanding or observing, which tells me these saints had already observed this happen in other people. Now he's reminding them, you've seen this before. Don't forget this. You need to know this, remembering and observing what has happened to people who claim to be something that they are not. He says, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. The word that in Greek is the word hoti. That word hoti is always so very important because it is a pointer word. It's leading to something very important. It's a pointer word. He says, knowing, observing. You've seen this before. You know this is right. You can comprehend that what I'm telling you is true. You know that, that we, we who claim to be masterful teachers, shall receive the greater condemnation. The word receive, the Greek word lambano, the word lambano means to receive something, something that is doled out, which means if you claim to be something that you are not, you're going to get in trouble because those who claim to be masterful teachers shall receive, it will be doled out to them, the greater condemnation. And the word greater, the Greek word medzon, it's a form of the Greek word mega, but as it is used here, it describes greater comparatively to others. The word condemnation is the Greek word krima. Ay, ay, ay. The word krima describes judgment. It is from the Greek word krino. The word krino, listen carefully, is a word that usually referred to a jury who had just handed down their final sentence in a court of law. A verdict or a final sentence pronounced as the result of a court trial after all the evidence has been presented and the judge has examined all the facts, a final verdict is issued by the court. That is what this word condemnation means which here is the Greek word krima. It describes a condemnation or even better, a final verdict or judgment that results from a formal judicial investigation. You say, Rick, what does that mean? Here's what it means. I'm going to read to you directly from my notes. In this verse, the Holy Spirit forewarns that those with spiritual influence, those who claim to be masterful teachers, will be scrutinized by God himself. Now, you may think you're being scrutinized by the hearers, and you are, but you need to understand if you claim to be a masterful teacher, you're going to be scrutinized by God himself. Listen, who will watch? He will watch to see if what they teach or endorse is in agreement 
with the whole body of Scripture? Are they building just on one piece of the jigsaw puzzle? Or have they really been able to put it all together? Are they teaching correctly? And it means every word, every phrase, every nuance that is spoken in a public forum is important. It is important. It's important to those that are listening. It is important to God. Why? Because words have consequences. Are you listening to me? Words have consequences. They affect other people. And according to James chapter 3 and verse 1, those who claim to be masterful teachers, Christian leaders with a lot of influence, those who have influence over others, are going to be held accountable for what they say, for what they teach, and for what they endorse. Are you listening? No, understand. Today, you are gathered around my table. I'm putting food on the table for you. As a teacher, as one who says I'm called to teach the Word of God, I need to be absolutely certain that what I'm putting on your plate in front of you is something that is healthy for you to eat. If I serve you food that contains toxic chemicals and you get sick, God is going to hold me accountable. And that is why James says in James chapter 3 and verse 1, my brethren, my brethren, my brethren, my brethren, be not many masters. The word be in Greek, the Greek word genesthe means don't be in the process of always trying to become many masters, knowing, 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 observing from past experience. You've seen this. You know what happens. That those who claim to be masterful teachers shall receive. It's going to be doled out to them the greater condemnation. God himself, who is the judge of heaven's court, is going to watch what we say, how we say it, what we teach, every phrase, every word, every nuisance, because words have consequences. And that's why in my own ministry, I always pray, God, help me to bring people teaching that they can trust. Most important as a teacher is not that I impress you, but that I impress the Lord himself because he is the one who's going to scrutinize me and anybody who claims to be a masterful teacher. I'll be back in just a moment and I want to pray for you. Who controls you? You or your mouth? If you're tired of your mouth running all the time and saying things you later regret, it's time for you to learn how to tame the tongue. And if you're also trying to discern if what you're hearing on the TV and internet is right or wrong revelation, it's high time for you to know how to figure out if you should eat or reject what you're listening to. In this five-part series by Rick Renner, Taming the Tongue and Discerning the Real Source of Revelations, you'll learn how to start letting the Holy Spirit tame your tongue, how to use your tongue to help and not hurt, the biblical evidence to prove a so-called revelation comes from a wrong spirit, the biblical evidence to prove a revelation has its origin in heaven, available in digital or physical formats. This five-part series can be yours starting at just $10. In addition, we're also offering you the books Testing the Supernatural for $13 and How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy for $20. In these books, you'll learn how to test what you're listening to and how to keep your head on straight in a world that seems to be getting crazier all the time. 
Don't miss this special offer, the series Taming the Tongue and Discerning the Real Source of Revelations, and the books Testing the Supernatural and How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. This is Rick Renner. I want to give you a good report. It is amazing, but we just signed the papers to purchase our new building in Tulsa, a new headquarters for our ministry. We've been in the same location for years and years and years, and we've outgrown it. And because so many people are reaching out to us for more teaching and for prayer and for ministry, we need more space so we can effectively minister to them. And at the same time, we're constructing our studio in Moscow, where we're going to be filming the most wonderful Bible teaching programs that touch people all over the world. But the only reason we're able to do all of this at one time is because of people like you that are members of our giving team. And because of your gifts, we're able to do this in Tulsa, we're able to do this in Moscow. And my friends, I want to remind you that it's not about the buildings, no, no, no. It's about people that need to be touched. We just need space so that we can minister to them. And I want to say thank you so much for being a part of the giving team and remaining a part of the giving team as we get the buildings ready and put up walls and get ready to produce programming and to minister to people all over the face of the planet. And if you're not a partner and a member of our giving team yet, please become a part of our team today. I'm so glad you've let me share the word with you today. And when we come back tomorrow, we're going to learn about the power of the tongue and how to tame the tongue, how to control your mouth. But hey, I'm offering you a book, which is called Testing the Supernatural how to biblically, biblically test dreams, visions, and revelations and supernatural manifestations. There's some good revelations out there. And my friends, there's a lot of nutty stuff on the internet. You need to know how to test dreams, visions, and supernatural manifestations. And that's why I wrote this book and it will really help you. It will give you a guide to know how to test these things. And right now we're also offering you my book. And oh, how I want you to have this book. This is a life-changing book called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. We really are living in a world that has gone berserk. They've become so open-minded that their brains have fallen out of their heads. My friends, we need to be sound-minded. We got to keep our minds in our heads. And we know how to keep our head on straight in a world gone crazy because the Bible tells us how. And this book will be such a blessing to you. And we're also offering you right now my brand new series, which is called Taming the Tongue and Discerning the Source of Revelations. The subtitle says, Practical Help for Controlling Your Mouth and Sensibly Discerning Right and Wrong Revelations. And it comes with a study guide. And my friend, you can order all of these things by going online right now or by giving us a call. And please let us know how to pray for you. But Father, I thank you 
for this marvelous time of the Word of God today. Lord, I can hardly wait for tomorrow to get here. But Lord, we pray that you would establish us in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Thank you for watching this broadcast. For more information on product resources or to learn how you can partner with this ministry, please connect with us at renner.org. Also, please be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.